Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So, a bit of reflection on growing up in Canada and what the growing up experience is like, or was like, for you individually. We'll get as many calls. We've got two segments set aside for this because I'm sure there are some really significant stories to share. Richard is on Salt Spring Island in British Columbia. Richard, thanks for the call, sir. Hello. <clears throat> I am just so glad to be a Canadian. We, um, we were in England and during the war. Um, I was born just shortly after the war, actually, but um, in the uh, London area and that, there were lots of problems with the air and that, and the family actually uh, ended up being quite ill. So we came over here, landed in Montreal, uh, lived and then went to Etobicoke in uh, Ontario, and uh, came to Vancouver probably in about um, uh, 55. We've lived on the West Coast for most of that time. Now, uh, So you would have been, what, seven, eight years old at that time? Yes, yes. Okay. I was very lucky. Um, my health wasn't as badly affected as my uh, brother and sister. So what was your experience, uh, Richard, when well, you first arrived in Canada? What was it like? What did you see? What did you hear? What did you, what did you experience? You know, the things that I remember, I remember crossing the country on the train. <laughs> uh-huh. Interesting. That's something I wish Canada still had was that big continent. What was that like? You come from England. Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt oh. you, but you, you come to Canada, this massive country. England's very small by comparison. And you're, you're going across the country by train. What was that like? You know, it was kind of like a tourist postcard, to tell you the honest <laughs> truth. Yeah. Just because... Um, it's wonderful that you can wander around, but the the, the country tr- changes as you go by, and of course. it's very very different than uh, London was a cramped place. Can you give me? And I'm sorry to I don't want, I don't intend to rush you, but I have so many people yeah. waiting to tell their stories. What is the what is the what is the enduring memory of you as a kid coming to grips with living in Canada? What's the what's the most enduring memory? Well, I was different because I spoke different, and my mom dressed me in, you know, a white shirt and corduroy trousers. Yeah, I remember. So I got beaten up. I had, my father was a pacifist, had been a pacifist, so he didn't know anything about fighting. And when he came to Vancouver, I had to learn by doing, which was an unfortunate way to learn that skill. Yeah. Um, Because you're different. People don't realize that, quotation marks, whites um, can have just as much problem as people that are more easily, uh, I mean, I had people when I was. So, um, so uh, Richard, sorry to do this, I, but, I, but I have to yeah. get some more callers on. So are you telling me that you had to fight your way to school and back? Oh, yeah. I yeah I, 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 every I day at school was a I fight. You. Thank you for the call, Richard. I hear you. Uh, a lot of us did have to, uh, it was a rite of passage. For many folks, 800-263-2428. What's your growing up experience in this country? Mervyn in Lockport, Manitoba. Mervyn, thanks for the call, sir. Hi. Glad to take your call, or to take my call. You know what? I'm going to go back a little bit, okay? I mean, I was born in Canada, okay? Sure. Okay, my dad was born in Ukraine. He, uh, in 1909, he was born in. He was two and a half years old when he came to Canada. And you know what? You were lucky what you got. Because when my dad came here, he did the same thing. He got off Montreal, took a train, 
and went to Manitoba. You know what you got? Nothing. Nothing for the government at all. You were on your own. I mean, those are tough times. I know it was, but yeah. like you see, for you, you were lucky that uh, you got what you got. What about you when you're growing up? Your dad's now gone to Manitoba. He's building a life for the family. What was it like for you growing up? He was a farmer. You know, and thank God. I mean, he's, he, he died a few years ago. But you know what? I have the skills that he's taught me. You know, in farming, mechanics, whatever it is, he's taught me a lot. Is there an enduring memory, Mervyn, of those early years? Your dad teaches you this. He comes over from Ukraine. You're in Manitoba. And and uh, and and you're growing up in the in the in in, in Manitoba. What's the enduring memory for you? Uh, you know, the thing is, I get a lot of things with him. I'm trying to do the same thing with my kids. You know, teach them what I can. You know, and that's the best I can do. I'm a single parent. That's all you can do. Exactly, but like you see, you know what? Like I say, when you came to Canada, you know, yeah, you had to see a Salvation Army, this and that. My parents had nothing. Yeah. Now I hear you. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. One of the things that they would do when they were on welfare, when my mom and I were on welfare, that's what it was called. Uh, if you had a phone, I mean, they could announce, arrive unannounced. And if you had a telephone or you had a television, you were cut off. Welfare. Dave's in Toronto. Dave, what's the enduring memory growing up? And did you grow up uh, born in Canada or as an immigrant yeah. kid? I was born in Toronto, St. Mike's, and uh, I lived in northwestern Ontario and in Toronto. And, um, you know, I'm not, I, it's easy to kind of sit and talk about the good old days, but there was a certain standard of, of humanity that I, a lot of people would disagree with me, but I think was stronger back then. Um, even though there was there were the Quebec separatists and René Lévesque and all that, we there was a strong sense of being a Canadian, and there was a it was a pretty short sentence it's like oh if you don't like it here leave just go, you know like we kept it short and simple and didn't pontificate about social justice and all. So that. this no, was this was kids this was kids talking to other kids. Absolutely, absolutely. We loved being Canadian. We uh, looked after each other no matter what gender or race we were. We were good to one another. We had our differences. But I, I fear and feel we're kind of balkanizing here in Canada. We seem to be going into different directions. Yeah, do you, but the most enduring, I'm sorry to do this to you. I, I apologize, but I need, I need to know what the enduring memory is. And for you, it is that, right? Your, your kids growing up, it's the interaction between the kids. A sense of community. Everyone uh, okay. getting along, even when they didn't get along. Okay, thank you for the call. Graydon is in Bonacord, Alberta. Graydon, thank you for the call. What stands out to you growing up in this country? Well, I was very fortunate, Roy, to go on a student exchange back in the 70s uh, down to the East Coast. And uh, it was a great experience for me because it showed me other people and uh, how they live. And uh, it was great. It was absolutely great. Whereabouts did you go on the East Coast? Uh, it was different towns between Gaspé and New Brunswick. And we visited uh, five or six towns because the young people that came from that town had gone to Alberta, and we got to go visit where they live. Tremendously young. They're, very so, they're really friendly, aren't they? I mean, on the East Coast, they're, they, oh, the they're Coast just amazingly friendly people. Yeah, but the great thing, Roy, is... I got to see how other people live yes, sir. in Canada. And the student exchange program kind of died, but I think it's important that people 
see how other people live. I agree. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the call, Graydon. It is important, again, because we're regionally different in this country, and we're sometimes at each other's throats because of our regional differences and our linguistic differences. You know, I just recently, well, relatively recently, went and lived in Quebec for nine years. I grew up in, in Montreal, but I went back to Quebec, and it was a whole different experience, let me tell you. Angie is in Barrie, Ontario. How are you, Angie? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for the call. What's your experience? Well, I'm born and raised in northern Ontario, and, uh, you know, that's where I lived all of my life growing up with a very close-knit family where we spent, although we didn't have a lot, we spent a lot of time, you know, at our grandparents' house and, you know, doing things that we thought was just everyday kind of things that, as I grew older, I guess maybe took a bit for granted. And then when I moved to Toronto... At the tender age of 23, um, that was my first experience in the big city, and I've lived down here now for the last, you know, 32 years, and heading toward retirement, I can tell you that I really look forward to any time that I can to get back up north to be with my family, to live that, you know, slower-paced, close family life out on the lake, fishing, catching nothing, fishing, catching lots, enjoying the wilderness. And now as an adult, for the last couple of years, um, me and my family have welcomed international students from Germany. Uh, this year we're having one from Switzerland. And it is an incredible thing when these kids come here to take them, you know, just within the region of Barrie or Toronto or Hamilton and see all these these little parts of a not only a province, but a country that's so huge that we can only do within Ontario. Yeah. And they really enjoy what we're able to share with them. Well, it's and great I that take you... a lot of pride being, yeah. a, I call myself an ambassador yeah. for Canada. And despite everything, you know, that is going on that we have to learn about and relearn about and educate ourselves to be more compassionate, that is everything that I represent and everything that I am as a Canadian and for every wrong that's been done in this country, my goal is always to make myself better, more educated, so that I can represent myself in this country the best way I can. Angie, I appreciate your call and who you are and what you're doing. It's all very important. And the impression that is made on young people is one that will last for a lifetime. And you will do that. I appreciate the call. Thank you, as I just said. Now, I just have to tell you this. When we arrived by ship in New York City, it was January, so it was very cold. Um, I wasn't used to that kind of cold. I was in Switzerland, it didn't get that cold. In January, if it was sunny, it was warm. Not so much here. <laughs> and I have never, I'd never seen an overpass before. I'd never seen these circular roads, you know, where cars go around and around and up and around and around and down. I'd never seen that before. It's the first impressions. I'd never seen big trucks the size of the 18-wheelers that ply the highways. I never. I was so impressed with all the lights that went across the outlines of the trailers and of the of the, uh, of the actual uh, cab of the truck itself. Little memories that stick with you for life. Pierre's in London, Ontario. How are you, Pierre? Hello, Pierre. Bonjour, Pierre. We lost Pierre. Okay, let's go to Edmonton and Manny. How are you, Manny? Good, thank you very much, you. I'm great. Thanks very much for your call. So what's the what's the growing up experience like for you in Canada? And were you uh, an immigrant kid or were you born and raised here? I was an immigrant kid 
seven years old, we landed in the big city of T.O. And for about a year and a half, my parents tried to get work there. After that, we moved to Quebec and then to Winnipeg and followed the train all the way up to Alberta. So, I sorry to interrupt. That time, when you, when, you're, when you were a little kid and you arrived in Canada with your parents, your parents uh, pursued the work where it existed, right? Yep, in 1971. And how much assistance was available? How much government assistance was available then? Well, zero to none. I mean, my mom took every kind of job. Like, back then, there were jobs that men did, from working in carpenter shop to cleaning the snow to mowing lawns for everything and everyone, uh, working at Stelco. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for almost nine months, and watching her come home with her hands all cut, there was no assistance. Uh, there were more neighbors who assisted us than anything else, especially coming out west. We noticed that everywhere we stopped, didn't matter who it was, they were always out there with a helping hand, something that seems to be so lacking out there today. You know, people were, again, uh, you and I share similar experiences in that regard. People you didn't know, people you had no association with, recognized the fact that you had very little or had nothing, and you needed a bit of assistance, and they, with very little to spare themselves, would step up over and over and over. Great lesson for life. Uh, There's no shame in it back then. Today, it almost seems that when you help somebody out, it's almost like you've guilted that person into accepting something that we should all be trying to help each other with. Well, we've become a society that communicates by mobile phone with the windows closed. We don't even know the people who live next door to us unless they make too much noise, and then you knock on the door, and the, and the relationship doesn't get off to a good start. Is was there a was there a just an enduring memory for you as a kid? For me, the well, I'm off a plane from a country that I've never seen ice hockey, and my first memory of Canada is going to the old gardens in Toronto and watching Montreal in Toronto. And Montreal won, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, of course they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <What>? you, Ma- <laughs> Thanks, Manny. Have a good one. Thank you. You as well. Yeah, Manny's in Edmonton, by the way, since 1960. This is off the top of my head because you've been hassling me because the Canadians are down 0-3 to Tampa Bay. Since 1960, one team has won 17 Stanley Cups. What team do you think that might be? Yep. The next best number of Stanley Cups won five by two teams. One is Edmonton, and the other is unmentionable. Okay, the Leafs. Uh, Leslie's in Burnaby, British Columbia. How are you, Leslie? Oh, hello, my dear. As a kid, I remember I'm a Canadian, born here. Uh, My parents uh, came, my mother's side came from Germany. My father's side came from the Ukraine, 1903-1910. Anyway, uh, I grew up in Winnipeg, and it was right after WW2, it was very hard, uh, very dirt poor, but everybody was poor in our area. Uh, we had all multicultural living down our street. We even had a Native Indian family living down our street. And all of kids played together, and we shared whatever we had, which was not really a lot of stuff. But that's what it was about. It was community, yeah. and it was sharing. And this, this is where I think that the future of Canada can be very bright, and that is that the kids will make it that way because the kids are playing together, hanging out together, 
and their friends. They don't see the differences. They're no, just you friends. Know, there was no such a thing back then either as welfare. There was no uh, Canada pensions. Uh, yeah. Mother got ill. There was no medical coverage. We lost our home because father was working at two jobs and couldn't pay the medical bills. And Oh, yeah. It was tough, dear. Wear secondhand clothing, or what they call, like, pass me down. Yeah, that's right. From your older sibling. But we're here, Leslie, and uh, and life is good in this country, and we can make it better. We just have to keep communicating with each other and, and, and respecting thing, one Roy? another. I, I've can got I to... say one thing, Roy? Yeah, sure. The young Native Indian fellow that lived down our street on Belleville Avenue in St. Vital, Winnipeg, where we lived, if you're out there, Danny Williams, hello to you. <laughs> You'll be a little older than me, but yeah. that we were WW2 kids. All right, Leslie, and no doubt the street was named after number four of the Montreal Canadiens. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leslie, in Burnaby, British Columbia. And if you don't know who number four of the Montreal Canadiens was, look it up. Maybe, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest professional hockey player I've ever seen, Jean Beliveau, who was offered the position of uh, Governor General of Canada and uh, declined because he was looking after his grandkids. That was one of the reasons I had a personal encounter with Mr. Beliveau, which was one of those shaping experiences at the time when life was rough when I was 16 years of age. He made a big difference in my life. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.